Hello and welcome to Wisconsin in Focus, powered by the Center Square. I'm J.D. Davidson, Regional Editor for the Center Square. Dan McCaleb has the day off. Joining me today is Ben Yount, Wisconsin Correspondent for the Center Square. Ben, how are things? We're trying to figure out just how much Chinese food we need for Christmas Eve. Because I'm not cooking. I made a big thing on Thanksgiving. Not cooking for for, for Christmas or Christmas Eve. But we always do we always do the, the 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 same thing. We order too much, and then for some reason it just never heats up right. You know, leftover like leftover egg rolls, mm, leftover you know pork fried rice eh, gets a little dry. So we got to hit that sweet spot. But where, where everybody gets what they want. And that's the other problem. You know, got to convince people to not order things like sweet and sour chicken because that's essentially chicken nuggets with uh, orange sauce. But, uh, yeah, you know, the first world nature of my life, J.D., the first world nature. You know, that's fascinating. My fiance and has always had Chinese food for Christmas Eve, and it I had never heard of anybody else having Chinese food for Christmas <laughs> Eve. Now, we, we do a nice brunch on Christmas, but then I'm trying to figure out. I, I spent a lot of years in Texas, so Christmas dinner was always tamales. Mm. I haven't ventured into trying to make those myself, but we were thinking Cajun uh, or Mexican or something quick and easy uh, to do on Christmas Day because nobody wants to cook that day. One of my favorite YouTube guys is this is is this dude from Gulfport, Mississippi, and he's got this huge, you know, 35, 50 gallon cooker and he makes giant pots of jambalaya, giant pots of red beans and rice. And it's the, the funniest thing because he talked like this dude, that money, dude. And he smacks the paddle on the lid of his. It is. It, it, so when you say Cajun, this is I'm imagining you dressed like this guy with the pit vipers and the long mullet haircut and the overalls with no shirt on underneath out there on Christmas Day, banging on the outdoor cooker to get people to come and eat some uh, some crawfish boil. I, I do not ruin that for me. I want that as my mental image for you cooking Christmas dinner. Everything except uh, the mullet. I, I, I'm bald. Uh, <laughs> but we do do two or three crawfish boils uh, every year. And I've spent a lot of time in East Texas. So when we do crawfish boils, it's they're shipped up from New Orleans. Uh, so we're thinking maybe crawfish, maybe mufaladas, uh, red yeah. beans and rice. Um, All right. We'll be over. So that'll be it. Hey, we are recording this on Thursday, December 21st, 2020. 23. And Ben, communities across the country are concerned about violence. One Wisconsin Democrat said this week that it's a public health issue. Her idea is to take something that's already happening in Milwaukee and Madison and make it statewide. Tell us a little bit more about her idea and what the office in those two cities actually does. The Office of Violence Prevention is supposed to prevent violence. I know that sounds like sort of a a schmarmy answer, but the reality is that we don't really know what the Office of Violence Prevention in either Milwaukee or Madison does. They they track a lot of stats. They they have meetings with the, the police officers and the police chiefs in both. After uh, you know, I, I hate to use the term mass shooting, but after a violent weekend Monday morning, you'll have someone from the Office of Violence Prevention standing next to the mayor and saying, "This is unacceptable. We cannot do this. We have to put the guns away." But Milwaukee and Madison are seeing spikes. In violent crime, Milwaukee had a record year for homicides in 2019, 2020 
and 2021. Uh, they very well could have a, a record or a near record year for homicides again this year. Madison is seeing a spike in stolen cars, in break-ins, in assaults. Their, their, their murder numbers are nowhere near what Milwaukee's are. But both of these communities are seeing an awful lot of violent crime. And more and more people are, are saying that they don't feel safe in those cities. So this pitch from state rep. Sheila Stubbs is interesting in that it comes at a time when you hear a lot of people talking about a focus on violent crime, but not another government office, certainly in a health department. Uh, the Republican approach would rather be stiffer sentences, more prosecutions uh, as part of their crime package. They wanted to impose a state law that wouldn't allow, wouldn't allow prosecutors to plead away serious gun charges. Uh, you know, what is it that the offices of violence prevention do? Uh, you know, if, if you were to throw that out on Twitter to steal the snarky line, the, the answer would be, well, they don't appear to prevent much violence at all. You know, it it seems like everybody is just throwing darts at the violence issue. And I, I don't have a good answer for it. And, and obviously, I don't think anybody else does. D- does her idea to create this sort of government entity to prevent violence is it going to get do you think it's going to get any traction no the republican-led legislature is not going to one grow government or two focus crime fighting efforts on the amorphous idea of violence prevention as a public health concern public health concerns for republicans are clean water vaccinations you know, this still the leftover hangover from coronavirus. Uh, but, you know, there is there's very little appetite to once again go after the idea of violence prevention, because that that comes down to, OK, so you great. Wonderful. We all agree. There's no one who is seeing it. Well, I mean, may, maybe we should just allow violence to happen. No one is taking that tact. But what would a public health violence prevention office do they're not cops so they're not going to go arrest the bad guys they're not prosecutors so they're not going to go and seek jail time for the bad guys they're not judges so they're not actually going to sentence bad guys this is not the department of corrections so they're they're not going to build a new prison to hold the bad guys uh, what we have typically seen is you know press releases and news conferences We've seen this play out and, and, and you sit, you hit it on the head that, you know, nobody really knows how to prevent violence. There is the broken windows theory of policing that when you allow people to break windows, next thing you know, they burn that abandoned building down. Uh, when, when you see young people arrested at 10 or 12 or 13 for carrying a gun and then you see them arrested at 16 or 17 or 18, for, for robbing someone with that gun. And then you see them at 23, 24, 25, kill someone with that gun. You know, at, at some point, could there have been an intervention? Same thing with the spike in stolen cars. It, only 2% of car thefts in Milwaukee end with a conviction. And, you know, so when, when the, the system starts to become, you can get away with some of these crimes or, you know, the bad guys know they're not really going to get punished, but that's the split. Right. You can't predict which kid is going to steal that car and learn his lesson and which kid is, is going to steal that car and become a, a, a lifelong criminal. 
You, know, you don't know who's going to get into a domestic violence incident on a Friday night. You don't know which drug dealer is going to get blown away on an early Sunday morning. And that's the difficulty of preventing crime. And look, this all is contextual that, you know, Sheila Stubbs wanted to be the head of public health in Dane County, but Dane County commissioners passed up her opportunity. She's not going to get to be Dane County executive because that's going to go to another Democrat. You know, the city of Milwaukee is moving its office of violence prevention out of the health department and under the mayor's control. So this, this idea of a, an office of violence prevention, it's a political football, maybe a political orphan in some ways. But this is an idea that that a lot of Democratic cities, a lot of Democratic states, they do it. And you know, they, no, no good idea doesn't get copied at a state capital, Republican or Democrat. And so, you know, the, the interesting part of this conversation is also sort of contextual and not, you know, based in what they actually did, what this actually would do. Well, we don't have the answers, obviously, because nobody has the answers. But that's all the time we have. Listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com. For Ben Yount, I'm J.D. Davidson. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe. Are you tired of news that puts politics over people? At the nonprofit Franklin News Foundation, we believe in putting people over politics by delivering nonpartisan news and audio content that serves you, the American taxpayer. With Franklin News Foundation, you can read fact-based, state-focused news for free at thecentersquare.com. You can listen to civil, balanced conversations between policy experts through our podcast network at americastalking.com. Or you can get in-depth news on K-12 education spending, curriculum, and school safety at chalkboardnews.com. It's all free through Franklin, where we put you, the American taxpayer, first in every story, episode, and conversation. And it's only possible through our supporters. Together, we can produce content that puts people over politics and brings Americans the news they deserve. Become a supporter today at franklinnews.org donate. Once again, that's franklinnews.org slash donate.